Day 226, 239 days since Joe promised he wouldn't abandon our fellow Americans in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. Thousands of green card holders, even military families, and uh, yeah, our our Afghan allies that are systematically being uh, assassinated. Oh, and little news, yeah, uh, girls can't go to school anymore. Oh, the old Taliban's back in power uh, because Joe let it all happen. Uh, As we speak, we're not going to waste time on it. Joe is announcing his big economic plan. We're going to raise corporations are now going to pay their fair share. I'm going to put in place a billionaire's cut that's really for millionaires. Now, tell me why. Maybe that sounds appealing. Yeah, they got to pay their fair share. 57% fully of Americans last year did not pay a penny in federal income tax. 57%. So you already have... Now, full and complete redistribution of wealth. Forty Only 43% of Americans pay any income tax. And just to add insult to injury, um, the amount of money the federal government took in was a record amount. And they're, they're taxing people to death. He wants to build out the IRS to basically so everyone gets a Sean Hannity treatment, which is you get audited every year, which is why I pay every single solitary penny and follow, follow every law. Um, if you're not paying your taxes, you're dumb because they will come after you. Um, and so when corporations get taxed more, what do you think the corporation, those evil corporations are going to do? They're going to increase the cost of the goods and services that we purchase. That's not corporations don't really pay taxes in that sense. He's right. They pass the cost on to us. And it, we already have a record 40-year high of inflation. We already have a record high in terms of a gallon of gasoline. Everything we buy is costing more. And now it's just going to cost, if this thing passes, and I hope it does not, uh, it, it's all going to cost us the money. He says, but we're also going to, the billionaires are going to pay their fair share. What, what does that mean for billionaires? And by the way, when you get to the nitty-gritty, no, they, they're talking about millionaires. You won't pay a penny if you make under $400,000 a year. If that's a couple, Joe, uh, it's 200000 for the average for an individual. So he lies all the time. But what do you think is going to happen to these rich people? They're not going to invest in businesses uh, the way they used to. They'll be far more judicious when they're mo- when, with their money. Now, I don't know. I can't think of anyone I know that was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I know some rich people, very wealthy people. I know a lot of them that started with nothing. Those are the people that I tend to know. But they didn't get rich by being stupid. They usually, I might not like their politics. There are dumb rich people, and there are people that are smart rich people. But in a sense of their political views, but they didn't get rich because they're really dumb on business and economics. Maybe some of them just got lucky. But most people that I know earned it the old-fashioned way through hard work and, and finding a, a, a purpose, a need, a desire, an opening in the marketplace. And they produce better products. They produce better services. And they build out their companies. And they work their asses off. That Those are the people that I know that have gotten rich. And some people work just as hard, but they maybe have a different calling in life. Maybe your calling is to be a minister. Maybe your calling is to be a nurse Maybe your calling is to be a fireman or a policeman or in the military, you know, whatever it happens to be. And and you're not the this personal satisfaction you get 
from that career, your dream career, every pilot I know always dreamed of being a pilot. Same with every fireman and every policeman. Um, so it's pretty amazing, but they won't invest the money. Now, we'll get to this other issue later. We have a lot of serious stuff to talk about today. Um, and that's about the Oscars. I'd say about 40% of my friends think that, ah, this is total BS. Nah, this was a setup. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Why would Chris Rock agree to get slapped in the face in the middle of the Oscars? I, that doesn't make any sense to me. What upside is there for him? I don't. So why would he agree to that? Now, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Will Smith. I don't follow the drama. I guess they have this open marriage and she had cheated and so on. And I just I, I, I could care less about them. I do think Chris Rock is really funny. And I also think if I'm right, that it was real, that he handled it as perfectly as you could, except I would have handled it differently. That's my personal you know, point of view. But um, I, and maybe we'll get accused of toxic masculinity here because I hear that word a lot. I don't even know what the hell it means, but, but, but whatever. When I grew up, I, don't, I can't think of a day. I played a lot of hockey growing up, and I can't think of a day when I was playing hockey, ice hockey, roller hockey, street hockey. We played hockey all the time, played football all the time, played basketball all the time, baseball all the time. That's all we did when we were kids. And it's, but I can't think of a day that whatever the sport was, somebody didn't get into, you know, a row with somebody else. And in the case of hockey, the gloves come off. And it was sort of like the Broad Street Bullies. I was the biggest fan of Bobby Clark, Dave Schultz, Hound Dog Kelly, Rick McLeish, uh, uh, Brian Leach. I can't remember. Tom Bladen, Bernie Perrant. I mean, I love that team. And they were a brawling team. And then, they, you know, Dave Schultz would fight either Clark Gillies of the Islanders or Bobby Nystrom of the Islanders. Uh, I mean, it was just a very fun, cool time in hockey. And I always loved it. And as kids, I guess we were just acting like we were pros and we weren't, but we were having fun. And then people then would have a fight and everyone would put their gloves back on. You start playing again. It was not a big deal. And I know that that's not the world we live in today, but I'm just that was my upbringing. So now. I believe comedians should have freedom of speech rights. They should be able to say anything they want. And I'm like, say anything you want about me. Now, if you start going after somebody's wife and you start going after somebody's mother and you start going after somebody's kids, and in the case, I guess, of Will Smith's wife, what's her name, Jada Pinkett Smith or something? Yeah. Um, she has a condition, alopecia it's called, and where she, I guess she has issues in terms of hair growth, et cetera. Okay, and and I guess she has discussed it publicly, and she's it's been a difficult you know time for her, whatever. Anyway, so Chris Rocks makes says makes a joke, GI Jane two, and let me play it for you. Jada, I love you, GI Jane two. Can't wait to see it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that was a that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> Will Smith walking on stage. Oh, Boom. wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the <laughs> the name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. 
That seemed real to me. Keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And he said it twice, and he was angry. Looked angry to me. It looked real. We'll get to that later in the show. But old school, you know, where I grew up, if if you can say what you want, but you say certain things about family members, you know, that was kind of standard. I know, toxic masculinity, society must change. Okay, save that for another day. But it is, you know, and to Chris Rock's credit, apparently the LAPD got involved and knew were made aware of the situation, asked Chris Rock if he wanted to press charges. This is how silly this is all getting. These are two guys. Um, I don't think Chris expected. I thought he was, you know, Will Smith was probably going to joke about it, but he wasn't. It was clear that Will Smith's wife was not happy with that joke. I can tell you that part. Um, anyway, we got other stuff to get to. Look, we have a president that is so bad cognitively it has been a disaster, his trip abroad. And unmitted, first he's telling one woman, I'll play it later in the show, oh, where did you get your beautiful eyes? A woman, a refugee that just had to abandon her country and leave, and oh, did you get it from your mother? Or did you get a creepy Joe came back? That's just, that. And that's the least of the problems Joe had. Then you got Joe Biden saying, you know, look at how the people of Ukraine are stepping up and U.S. troops stationed in Poland uh, are going to see, you're going to see this when you are there in Ukraine. Why well, White House has to walk that back. After the White House reiterated, Biden had no intention of sending troops into Ukraine. Then why was he telling the troops? Because he's a cognitive mess. You know, something the president has insisted on since the beginning of the conflict. So his comms people, communications people, are going nuts. Then the next one is the U.S. will respond in kind if Putin uses chemical weapons in Ukraine. Whoopsie-daisy, another Joe screw-up. And the NSA National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said, no, 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 what the president really meant is that we'll respond accordingly, not in kind. Not that the U.S. would use chemical weapons on its own. Then we have the one that went viral. And although all of them kind of went viral. And that's Joe Biden saying, for God's sake, this man Putin cannot remain in power. And by the way, the media went nuts. They were raving. This is just like Ronald Reagan's tear down this wall moment. And then they walked it back. Listen. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Okay. Now, that's calling for regime change. Which, by the way, we were the first to say, sorry, Lindsey Graham followed us, but, you know, he if uh, the Hannity rule from day one has been no boots on the ground. Give if the, if the Ukrainians show a willingness to fight for their country. They were a sovereign country invaded. You see mass graves and you see dead women and children and blood is on the hands of the invader, in this case, Vladimir Putin. You, you kind of forfeit your right to run a country, in my view. That's a Hannity rule, Hannity doctrine. And you have also forfeit your right to live. We could always hope that somebody in Putin's inner circle, 
you know, takes him out or maybe a general or a military officer or maybe one of his advisors, I don't know. But you don't, you forfeit your right to live if you're killing women and children, which is what we now see. If you're leveling cities like Mariupol, you, you, you forfeit your right. That's, that's my rule. So he actually got it right. And reporters were like raving about it. He had a tear down this wall moment. Now, if you don't know the history of tear down this wall is Ronald Reagan went to the wall, separates East and West Germany and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. All right. A huge moment. Now, the lead up to that is his staff. Everybody in Reagan's White House wanted that line out. And Reagan goes, nope. He put it back in. And they take it out, he put it back in. Take it out, he put it back in. And he did it. It was bold, it was brave, it was gutsy, and it was Reagan-esque. It was him. And that's why I like the Reagan doctrine and the Trump doctrine for different reasons, and I support them both. I think they're both applicable today. And then the White House walks it back. It was the one thing that actually, Joe, was getting right. The Hannity doctrine. And then they had to walk the whole thing back. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We have horrible economic news. I, I'm not trying to depress you. We'll do a little bit on this. Uh, we'll, I can't wait to get Linda's take on this Oscar thing. I, I don't watch it. I didn't even hear about it till this morning because I had done all my work, and I'm like, I'm done. I can't. I can't. You know, I just wanted to just chill for a few minutes. Anyway, um, we'll talk about it later. Look, right now we have Goldman Sachs predicting the next two years as many as 11 Federal uh, Reserve interest rate hikes. There are millions and millions of you out there. Your biggest investment is your home, but you've not taken advantage of these historically low rates. We already got the first rate increase, and it was small, but then we expect very rapidly that these rates are going to go through the roof. Now, if you've not refinanced your home, please get a free mortgage review. These people are awesome at AmericanFinancing.net. There's no cost. There's no obligation. They'll look at your situation, your unique situation, tell you exactly how much you can save every month. Maybe it's hundreds every month. Maybe it's thousands every month. Over the course of your loan, maybe it's tens of thousands. Maybe it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Interest rate hikes will have a huge impact on you saving money. Now, get your free mortgage review. No obligation, no cost at all. Call them now. Their mortgage experts are at 866-615-9200. A friend of mine just got a very low rate from AmericanFinancing.net. Call them now, 866-615-9200. On the web, AmericanFinancing.net. Do it now. You will not regret it. We'll continue. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. 